Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And fellow co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And we do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world. So be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So I don't know who's moving around on their desk, but we're trying to do an intro to a podcast here. Listen, <laughs> I'm just going to say it's a goalie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know, all I'm right. I'm not even moving anything. I'm actually sitting still. I'm kicked back. Dead I'm relaxed. Giveaway. All right. So, <laughs> so we actually on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the first day of National Hockey League action. We're not going to recap games because nobody wants to listen to that. But we're going to talk about those first five games and our feelings about those because we're men. We like to talk about our feelings. Let's talk about Pittsburgh Philly. Did anybody else watch Pittsburgh Philly like I did the first game of the year? Um, I watched I could- a little bit. Yeah, I could not because it was blacked out. Plus, I was dead. You know, I was so busy with work. But it did please me to watch it end up 6-3. <laughs> That's all yeah, I can I say mean, about that game. I can say that I don't think that reflects Pittsburgh's talent and how they're going to move forward. I don't think any of these initial games do that. But Philly definitely came out showing that they will not be trifled with this season. You know, maybe well, Pittsburgh. Go ahead. After, ta- after talking to one of my, um, you know, one of the goalies I used to coach tonight, he actually called me just before the podcast and said he was listening to some of our episodes. But anyway, he commented that, you know, to him, he they looked just like the Philadelphia Flyers in the playoffs last year. He said they just looked the exact, had the exact same poise and just came right out like that. So he said, because uh, he won't miss a Flyers game. He said they just looked on point. I, so, I won't miss many games this year. So, boy, what, what, what game are you watching right now, uh, Steve? Coyotes, Sharks right now. And this is just after I just dabbled into every game. I was watching Buffalo, Washington, but when it was 4-1, I just dipped out of that. Yeah, and then I was looking at – and I was watching the, the Islanders game. because I'm like, I want to see what Lafreniere is all about. But three goals in the first period later, like, well, their goalie didn't show up very well tonight. I'm piecing out of this one. And then I went to Calgary and Winnipeg is a fun game right now. I had that on, but I have to watch the Coyotes in this opener here. They actually had fans in the building, guys. Did they? Yeah, yeah. There's a, they allowed 3,000 in attendance. You can see people in the stands. Um, Before we move on, though, I just got to say one thing, and I, this is a feeling I've had since the summer. Um, if Pittsburgh wants to make some noise, I honestly think they need to trade for a goalie. Because Tristan Jari, 25 shots, 6 goals against. Save percentage is at .760. And then at some points, he was just flopping around the ice. To me, like, I get it. He played well at some points, but he hasn't played well enough to be like, here you go, run the crease for us. So to me, if I think Pittsburgh wants to do anything, or yeah, Pittsburgh wants to do anything this year, they're going to need to make a move at goaltending. And watching the game live between Buffalo and Washington right now, if Buffalo wants to do anything this season, except for miss the playoffs for, I don't know, the, I think it's a 76th year in a row, they need to trade for a goalie. Like, I think Sabres fans don't even give a f- at this point, how many seasons it's been? We just want to at least make it back into the playoffs, and you know we're going to have to sacrifice some assets to get a decent goaltender. But I think that's going to depend upon how different teams are doing, and if they feel like they are ready to make a trade on a goalie. And if I'm Buffalo, I'm targeting guys. I'm targeting teams like Columbus and and Arizona and New York, and trying to get one of their yeah. goalies because they have amazing tandems. So St. Louis, Colorado, I was kind of stunned by the results watching that game yep. live. I probably should have turned on a couple space heaters and closed my garage door, but it's COVID. So we left the garage door open on a night where it was 20 something degrees and we watched the game in there and we had a blast. 
It was a fun game to watch. Anybody, any thoughts on a St. Louis Colorado game? Anybody else kind of slightly shocked by the results? Well, yeah, I was. I really thought Colorado was going to come out and make a statement in their first, you know, five games. It's the first game, so I have a feeling they're going to go with Frank Kuz in the next game and see if that can create a spark for them. Because uh, I know, uh, was it you, Chris, or was you, Sebastian, that mentioned you didn't quite have the faith in the Avalanche goaltending? Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and- I, I have faith in them if they stay healthy. The problem I have is I don't have faith in their health. I have them ranked in the top half of the league as a healthy duo. I just don't feel like Grubauer did enough last night to try to steal the game for them, right? I but- mean, he still made he still had 32 shots against. I mean, still made 28 saves. I think that was decent. It's just, like you said, I just don't think, I don't know. There's just something about them. I think Colorado just doesn't have that number one, then they really need a number one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but I think as a tandem, they're actually pretty well set up. But yeah, I wouldn't. Honestly, I take either one of those goalies or what Buffalo's got. They'd be a number one goalie in Buffalo. Yeah, it's just, um, like I said, I really thought that offense would have been clicking and ready to go. So we'll see. You know, that's their first game. A lot of, you know, some teams, you know, came out a little bit flatter than what I expected, right? Um, Edmonton was, you know, a case of one of those. But we'll get to that in a bit. But I really, uh, yeah, I just, I, I was shocked by that one. I thought, I didn't think they were going to walk all over the Blues because the Blues have a, a solid depth team. I just figured if it was going to be anything, it was going to be one of those high-scoring, like, 6-5 type of games, right? So that's all I got on that game because my Habs game was on while that was going on, so I was only catching bits and pieces. Well, I mean, if you look at who scored for, for St. Louis, too, I mean, you wouldn't, you would, uh, I would never peg Sunkfist uh scoring two goals. Jordan Cairo, maybe, and then Kyle Clifford getting the first goal in the first, like you know, like, first game of the year, if you would have told me he was scoring last night, I would have laughed at you. So I think they got some offense from places they weren't expecting it, and I think kind of, like you said, I think Colorado just kind of came in a little flat, but uh, I don't expect that, that that to last too long. Yeah, I just think McKinnon is, in my opinion, one of the bigger game changers in the league, right? Yep. And um, I think he's, think he's going to take that opening loss personal, and they're going to be fired up and ready to go for this next one. And now uh, let's let's talk about another one right now and just knock it off quickly. Tampa Bay, Chicago, zero surprises in that game. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by anything in that game. Yeah, it just wow. Stamkos back in it, you know. And that's why, again, they must have known Stamkos would have been good to start the season to tell Kucherov, get that surgery done. We can probably ride this, you know, these next three months without you and you can be back in playoff time and they'll just be firing it all, on all cylinders, right? So... Um, I just that, that's kind of what I expected in the score in that game to be. Um, Sebastian, you're going to chime in then? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the shots right now per period. I mean, for the I thing that kind of shocked me for for Chicago, I mean, I, I get your weaker roster this year. They're you're in a rebuild now. You don't have taste, but I mean, they put up in the first period eight shots, second period eight shots, and then the third period seven shots for a total of 23. I mean, you got to take some chances. I mean, if something's not going on, put the puck on net and hope for something. Look for a rebound. It just seems to me like they were just came out flat. I, I didn't get to see it, but I'm just looking at the stats here. And to me as a coach, I would be preaching shots on net. Yeah, because, I mean, that was it was kind of a weak setup there. I mean, maybe you guys know a little bit more than I do on this, but did you guys see the Tampa Bay jersey? The patch? That's not all season, right? Maybe is that the game because they were raising the banner? Do they just have that jersey and they sell it off and stuff? Or... Yeah, I remember years in the, like a few years past, like when other teams have won it, they usually wear it for the game and then auction them off. But again, who knows? Maybe they're gonna be, hey, we're those guys and we're gonna wear it all year. If that's a whole season thing, that's that's corny. Um, <laughs> that was my only thoughts. Really, the the most interesting thoughts I had about that in the game was 
that hopefully that patch isn't something that, if they wear it the next game that's that's corny that's so tacky but that's my thoughts on that game but uh oh yeah the other thing back on that colorado game interesting to see uh st louis's uh newest captain any thoughts yeah, I mean, I think that was, a, I mean, other than what he did in Buffalo, I think it's a great choice. I mean, you can tell he's kind of the heartbeat of that team. So, I mean, I, I, I saw a few things where they said, you know, oh, wow, what's, I can't think of his name now. Tarasenko was a little upset he didn't yeah. get it. Yeah, he's upset he didn't get it. But at the end of the day, I think, I think, I think he's the heartbeat of their team. And that's the, that's the right place to put the C. Yeah. And I, I feel like, and this is something uh, I think it'll be a future podcast midseason captaincy earned versus just given and i think i said ror was definite leader in buffalo and it kind of devastated the fan base and i think kind of hurt the team a little bit when he left he's just a natural leader and obviously that was clear in st louis and i did hear the same thing about tarasenko as again my uh, buddy and i were watching that social distance in my garage bar last night he was like yeah everyone's talking about how upset tarasenko is but truthfully i know he's been with the team forever but ror just yeah, but it doesn't also, matter, right? But he's also been, you know, injured for a major portion of the last couple of seasons, right? Yeah. So, and Riley really, it was his play in the playoffs when they got their cup that really led that team. Like, he was the leader out there. He was the guy really making stuff happen, right? So everything yeah. seemed to, you know, evolve around him. This is always the funny thing when people get mad. Like, if you've got a natural leader in that locker room, it doesn't matter who's been around the longest, who's really leading this team. All right, uh, let's shift over. We covered that one. We'll leave my You want to move on to Montreal, Toronto, or Vancouver, Edmonton? Let's do Vancouver, Edmonton before I get all angered up. Before you go on your rampage? Uh, On another note, uh, what they pointed out, too, though, um, about the the players themselves, they said uh, Connor McDavid in the offseason was really pissed about how schooled he got in the face-off circle, and that's really how the Chicago Blackhawks, they think it really dominated them. So in the offseason, uh, McDavid was working. I think they said Keith Acton. They said, no, I could be wrong, but they brought somebody in. And he didn't want to comment on McDavid. He said, hey, McDavid will talk to you about how he worked on it. But at one point they were talking, I think he was something like six for eight in the face-off circle. You know, and this was still with a period and a half of hockey left to go or something. So, you know, really noticeable difference with him on the draw. And it's great to watch these, you know, and I think Crosby does the same thing. There's good players and the elite players just find a way to up their game. Right. And, uh, you know, on the converse side of that, Elias Peterson, he, he can now absorb a check. Like they said, that's what he needed. Cause he just get belted and hit the ice. And now he's doing that preventive type check, right. If a guy's coming into him, he's smashing that guy first before he gets hit. And he's also bracing himself and seems to be stronger on his legs. And you can notice that last night, too. Those, those are just two off-the-point type of things I wanted to point out because it was really noticeable in last night's game to me. So you mean, uh, like, was he – you could see the improvement in Mick Jesus? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, in face-offs, absolutely. Okay. 100%. Oh. Yeah, you, you could see it. He was just winning the draws. You could see it. And when they go back and they highlight it, like, holy cow, yeah, he was just – he was tearing it on up. I don't know what he finished, you know, overall for the, the at the end of the night, but early on he was solid on the face-off. Well, I know that that's the only game I didn't really get to touch on last night. I watched every other game but that one, and so I watched the highlights of it. And I do want to say, like, me and you definitely had a discussion a bunch of podcasts ago and maybe a small discussion earlier today, and I, I would love to disagree again on this. But uh, we definitely know every team's been starting their starter. I'm just going to shout that out right now. So can you remind me who Vancouver started, by the way? I, I want to yeah, Braden Hopi, who had an okay game, wasn't outstanding. It was okay. 
but brain uh, but brain started right so i mean I don't know who agrees with me or disagrees with me here, but every single team in the National Hockey League has started their starter. I'm just putting that out there. So yeah, you can throw that out there, but they've got a good tandem, and if Demko, oh, they've comes, got an excellent tandem. Yeah. So yeah, when De- so if Demko comes but, in, but uh, who would you consider the starter? Well, you've got to wait to see who plays. Like you're, you, you, well, he so said he you, started. No, no, no. You're going to do this, okay? Right. So you'll you're, you're saying everything's going to shift with rankings, right? So, but yeah, so it's no different than that and no different than a first line, second line guy. Demko hasn't got a chance to play yet. So we'll see how he's already got a goal scored on him tonight. And they're only, uh, they're not even a period deep yet. He's only got 12 shots. 12 shots. How's the goal? I, I don't have a TV in here, unfortunately. So I'm just, I'm just refreshing TSN. Yeah. I'll have to watch and see what's going on because if he gives up a cheapie, but my point is if he comes up big tonight, Let's just say that's the only one he lets in or, you know, he comes up huge. That's going to be – there's no clear starter on that team in my opinion. So we'll see how it goes. I thought I think there was. I'm just saying. Well, they had back-to-back. So if there's a starter, they could have played them well, again. Well, you start right? with their starter if you want to gain that confidence. Yeah. Like, or, like there's nothing you... against Demko. I'm the, I love the American kid. I think he's fantastic. I, I think he's going to be an amazing goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks moving forward. I just think this year, hopefully, he's your starter. Uh, we'll see. I agree to disagree. So the rest of that game, the uh, but the Canucks did a hell of a job, uh, really good job, isolate or not not allowing McDavid and Drysdale to be very dominant in the game. Like they 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 did a good job of neutralizing them, you know, as much as you can, right? That's what another part of that game that impressed me. But uh, Bozer was lights out i watched his goals he was he was there he was just all over the place yamamoto's a spark plug for the oilers but somebody had asked me who was winning this game last night i was figuring it was going to be like a 3-2 affair by the by the oilers and dry and mcdavid all over that score sheet but it was the it was not that was not the case i think didn't uh didn't bo horrified get the first goal too for the for the vancouver canucks the captain starting the season yeah off i that. think i think he yeah did. yeah Yep. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you're, you're you're talking about something that can, you know, projecting going forward, when your top guys start off by lighting it up and looking really solid in the first game, that's that's some great news for the Canucks and some bad news for the North uh, that North Division, right? Their boys were all their top guys were all firing in all cylinders. Speaking of solid boys, right now New Jersey and Boston are about to go into a shootout. Did you hear? New Jersey and Boston. Like, I am flabbergasted. New Jersey's making not only a game of this, but they're going to a shootout. So, solid. Honestly, watching Wedgwood play here, because the Sabres lost, so I moved on. I I can't say I underestimated him, because people talk about him constantly, but I'm just, I'm not really a big Devils fan. But, man, just watching him. Oh, watching him stop just in the last bunch of saves, like, just watching him shut down Boston, I'm like, you know. Now, who's, 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 um. So I know Marshawn was back because he got the first goal. Is Pasternak back too, or is he still out for a few? I don't. Days? I don't think Pasternak. No, Pasternak's still out. Yeah. Okay, so that that explains a little, right? Because you remove him from the lineup, it's noticeable. And not taking anything away from, I I can't comment on the New Jersey game because it's it was just a game I was not going to watch tonight. You know, New Jersey Boston, I had zero interest in that one. Now with all the other things going on, yeah, Sebastian, how much of that Canucks Edmonton game did you catch? I only oh, I didn't watch any of that. I just watched some highlights this morning. Unfortunately, I uh, 
tapped out before that that game came on. McDavid actually laid a huge hit on on Hughes. Huge hit. It didn't see it coming. It took Hughes a little bit to get up, but he was fine. But that caught everybody off guard. But it was that was a really good back and forth tilt. That was a fun one. I was dead tired and I had to do work, and I was I forced myself to watch that game right till like, I think there was a minute left when it was, and then I said that's enough for that. And now it's this game's done. But that was a fun one. Both those teams are going to be fun to watch this year, except for these Coyotes right now. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> well, I may be missing more Coyotes this season than than ever. Because uh, this is just unimpressive so far. <laughs> Dear Lord. No, I honestly, I think it's one game. It's one game because honestly, I don't have a lot of faith in the San Jose Sharks. So you'll hear that during my rankings in the future podcast. But I have a lot of faith in the Coyotes. I just one yeah. game isn't a telltale. It just is yeah. not a telltale. So actually, there's Thomas Hurdle's looking good. Thomas Hurdle already with two goals, already looking good. They need him to stay have a stay healthy all season. So um, I'm going to click off this right now because we've got the second. Well, that's the second period uh, that the Canucks and the Flames are going tied going in. So, are you watching the highlights right now? No, no, no. I'm watching the actual game. So it's, that's it's funny. It's, it's almost oh, like shit. the uh, it's almost like the Habs fan is avoiding us getting to the Habs game of last. Oh night. no, I'm because that's where I'm trying to get to right now. Let's <laughs> talk about Montreal, Toronto. I'm not avoiding you. You guys are just waiting for me to tee off. I've got. Well, I've here's got. what I'm going to say right here. I'm, I'm going to say, gentlemen. I understand Steve may be a little bit upset about this game. I'm just going to say let's keep it as clean as humanly possible. And let's hear about Steve because I don't have an opinion on this game. I don't think Sebastian has an opinion on this game. Uh, I, I, have, I have one. I have one. Oh. Two, actually. I have two. I'm going to let Steve go first. We're both here, married please. to Habs fans. Or you're about to marry a Habs yeah. fan. I'm married to a Habs fan. I will just say that I think Steve might just have a little bit to say. But, yeah, let's, let's see where he goes with it. Yeah, so the first period, the Habs just looked dominant. They came out, and they were just all over the Leafs. So the Habs really controlled that game, uh, you know, that first period. Anderson looked amazing. Like, he, he's that power forward that the Habs really needed. Toffoli was making an impact. Suzuki was being Suzuki. Price looked sharp and already ready to go, being Carey Price. So... Um, nice shot by we- Nylander when they got their first goal against Price. You know, nice shot when the point went through a bunch of bodies. Price didn't even see it, but perfectly. just under Oh, the Nylander scored a lot of points for my fantasy team last night. I was happy with him. So, yeah, had a, you know, that was good, good shot. And then the penalties that were called in the first, blatant penalties. Like, if there's a trip right in front of you, got to call it type of thing. Uh, Habs power play finally clicked in, which was good news. Game is now even up. Going into the the third period, Habs come out and they get another goal. I'm like, here we go. Bad bounce off the glass, like really bad bounce. But Vesti pots his first one. And he got that one past Price. The stupid mentality in hockey to either we're going to let the boys play and put the whistles away. Well, then you are determining the outcome of the game because if there's a penalty, you should be calling it. And it's the same thing. Like you don't have to try to call it equal between teams. If one team is drawing more penalties then penalize the guys for it, right? Like, that's why we have these rules. Awesome overtime. Our, our, our buddy, um, uh, Matt Matthew, from the Ottawa area, our, our, our GM now, see, uh, you know, he's the, he's what, the... Uh, he's the interim he's, commissioner. Yeah, he's interim commissioner of the league now. He His buddy is uh, Paul Byron. The guy was gassed right out, and two of the fastest leaves took off on a two-on-one. If Byron had stayed out there, he wasn't catching them, right? So people are like, horrible line change. I'm like, he had zero left in the tank. Those guys were gone. 
So it didn't matter at that point, right? Like that's that's three on three hockey. That's the way it's going to go, right? He For me so on gassed. that one, though, the thing is, is I understand like, yeah, he's gassed and it is two guys are going down, but you've got then got to hopefully a guy who's fresher than you is going down and you still got to pick up that trailer. To me, I, as a coach, I, I did not like that change. I mean, you got to, you, you know, three on three, you can't change on the fly. You got to change when you've got the puck. And that, that's why you see teams go behind the net, let two guys change, you know, do a switch, come back. So to me, I mean, yeah, he's a little tired. He's been on for a bit, but the thing is, he's got wheels. He's got to be back in that play. He's got to. He's got to commit defensively on that. Yeah, but and I, I had the I had the opposite one. Well, they scored obviously, right? So for me, I'd rather get that body out there when you're because he's circling back, right? And so by the time he hits that wet edge of the boards, the guy's jumping off in the far end. The way they got it set up, he has a chance to get back in there. They got enough speedy guys, but they had taken off. Now the only thing that bothers me, Chris, as a goalie, right? Let's picture you had the talent to carry Price, okay? When there's a two-on-one like that, don't you want the your defenseman just to grab the 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 guy that they can pass to? Like, yeah, this take is what, away the trailer. Let me take the guy at the puck. Yeah, take That's the guy. You, like, this is what I don't get, Sebastian, that you, you saw the goal, right? So yeah. w- you got Carey Price in that. Let him take the shooter. <laughs> it's Carey Price. And that's what bothers me. Like defenseman, when you make that big block on those, it's huge when you make it. But when you miss it like that was missed, Carey doesn't have a chance. Like no goalie has a chance when it's coming across like that. And was it Tavares that scored it? Or was it Riley? Or was it was it Riley that caught it? It was Riley that scored the game. Yeah, right. who, who passed it over to him? Was it Tavares that passed it to him? Oh, I don't remember who made the pass. I just remember seeing the shot. Yeah, there was just two fast guys going down the ice, right? So I don't care, like, wh- whoever it was that was with them. Carey Price should be able to stop those guys one-on-one. So in that case right there, cover the, cover, completely cover the, the pass, right? Just don't let him get the puck on his stick. Cover that guy. Let the other guy come in on Price because Price will have it. But that's going to be a fun series because the the Habs have a bigger team now, right? So they were they were slowing things down. They were throwing a body and they were punishing guys. You know, I saw watch Brandon Brandon Gallagher, and this is why I was calling out Pajama Boy. Gallagher was doing Gallagher's thing. He's in front of the goalie. One guy's giving him a shot to the head, and all of a sudden, Pajama Boy from behind gives him a jab. It's like, oh, look at a tough guy now. <laughs> Look at tough guy jabbing the guy from behind. I mean, you're going after Gallagher. I'm like, well, boys, it's going to be an interesting season because the Habs won't hold back. And then Austin Matthews, did you see those two huge cross checks he took from Sherratt and Weber? Yeah. Leaf Nation was in tears today. You can't touch our star player. Yeah? Your star player in the first period cross checked Sherratt and Sherratt grinned. I want to go back and find that highlight because as Sherratt was grinning and chirping, Matthews was skating away. I'm like, you want to play that game, buddy? Oh, boy. I said, you're going to have a fun season because guys will target the crap out of you. And they did. Like, he was in front of the net. And, it, like, imagine Weber and Chirac cross-checking you, right? Just, wow. Like, you know, the, the, if I think of Weber even trying to cross-check me right now, my whole body would crumble. But, yeah, he, he, he was hurt. He took it. I'm like, it's going to be that kind of season. So... I am looking forward to the next nine of these games because it's going to be war, and I love it. I just think the Habs are built bigger for this this year. So go ahead. And I think you made a good point there, Steve. I think this isn't your normal season. It's COVID season. We're not talking about Detroit's long-term season or Carolina's or Montreal's. We're talking about the series. Mm -hmm. This boils down to a bunch of playoff series all season long that lead to the playoffs. That's that's what we're looking at here. We're talking about the series, the animosity that builds up between the teams. 
this is going to be such an off and weird season, but it's also going to be really exciting to just see how I think chippy and nasty the series, each series, not just this series, each series will get. Just watching that Philly Pittsburgh game yesterday, they were already going at it and they already hate yeah. each other. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I don't think I want to miss a Pittsburgh Philly game. I just think it's going to be one of those things where as the season builds on and you're on game three, game four, game five, game six, numbers will be taken and retribution will be had. That's that's what oh, that's, that's what this COVID season is going to be about. Oh, that's that's 100 percent. You could see the, you know, on the team, the games that weren't blowouts. Right. But you could watch it like I give it three or four more games into this. and You're going to start watching playoff mentality start kicking in. Oh, 100%. because because you can't lose one of these mini series. You can't. You've got to get points out of it. And if you're getting shut out or anything, you're done. Right? It's it's one of those things where it, it puts you so far behind. And then that's what I enjoyed about last night. Like the Leafs Habs game, it was it's back and forth. Like the Leafs talent, you know, they're high they're high powered forwards, right? They shone through a bit. They got their goals. Price looked great. Anderson did not look that solid to me. What did you think of his performance, Sebastian? Yeah, I, I think yeah, I don't think Anderson was as sharp as he usually is. I think there was a little bit, a little something going on there, but uh, I expect he'd bounce back. Um, yeah. For Carey Price, I think that was you know, he, yeah, he let in five goals, but uh, I don't know. Like we were talking before the podcast, I just there's he just kind of doesn't seem to care this year, but that's a good thing for him. You know, he's bobbing along the music when the faceoff is literally two feet from him. He's you know watching guys coming off the bench, and you know he did that little trick where he looks up into the glass to see what's going on behind him when he's faced the other way. And to me, that's mm-hmm. the best carry price for Montreal because he just doesn't care. Not that he doesn't care, but he's just kind of relaxed. And that, I mean, to me, that's like Vesna MVP carry price from back in the day. That's the funniest thing. I, I was telling talking about that too. Is the kid, the Montreal media drives me nuts. They were, you could tell they were driving Price nuts and other guys, you know, earlier on. But Price has even learned to deal with that crap, right? He when they are, they're, you know, when they're trying to lead him into a question, he already knows the games they play, so he gives it back to them now. So I actually enjoy watching his interviews. Just because of how he is, um, and but that's him now. Like he let, as a professional, he let that stuff roll off, right? And you know, Kerry would be criticized for having that cool, calm demeanor, and then then they love him for it. In a game where it's high pressure, it's three-two with a minute left to go, and Kerry's doing that same type of thing. Like just looks like he has no care in the world. And they win, they praise him for it. When they lose, they hate him for it. So that's why with the media in Montreal, I just. Don't even pay attention to that crap anymore, and I'm glad he's evolved past that. It's got to be the same in Toronto. Like how many, how many people they've driven out of there that just said, "No, nah, I'm, I'm not." So yeah, I remember Kessel going at the media there too. Yeah, like, they yeah. just they just find that pain point, and they just they they're looking for that reaction. They're looking for that look at what this guy said to the media or how he's falling apart. It's just like no, just try to keep it so. But you're right that the media in Toronto and Montreal are just brutal. Yeah, it's terrible. I just remember this was several years ago. It was uh, Carrie Price when their first child was about to be born. And I think it was Angela was at the game. They they hadn't even told everybody in their family. And Angela, one of the reporters, just overheard her say it, and they announced it. You couldn't wait for them to even announce their family, announce the league. You want to break the story. And that's, you know, that's the part where it drives me nuts. Because I remember Price saying, you know, he felt like uh, like he was in a, you know sort of like in the prison of his home. Like he can't just go to a corner store without people asking for autographs. I'm like, it's exciting when you see somebody out. Like, I've seen Shane Doan out, met him a bunch of times, so I wouldn't bother him. But I've seen other pro athletes out places and just sort of, you know, whisper to the person that's them. They're like, well, let me go get a picture. I'm like, no, you don't do it. Not when they're out with their families or out with their pals. They even be. 
Unless you see that player look at you and say, yeah, come on over for a picture because it's a different story, right? If they're, they could tell you you've recognized them, they're cool with it, that's different. But when they're out with their families or friends, they don't know be, right? They don't want to see you guys. You know, I think this is a great place to wrap this podcast up. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts about opening night? Uh, it was uh, fun, man. I had hockey. I was, it was, I was busy working, but I was still happy as could be, and I lost my voice after the first period of the Habs game. All in all, a successful first uh, first night. Sebastian? Yeah, I mean, what was it? It was hockey for 168 days or whatever straight. I mean, day one's done, and I cannot wait for every other day between now and then. <laughs> Only 167 left. It still brings a tear to my I know, we've lost a day already. <laughs> but uh, no, I think, I think I'm, I'm on par with both of you guys there to have hockey back on tv to have the nhl charge my account for a discounted rate i couldn't be any happier for all of this and so yeah great first night of games i don't think the first games tell anything about how all these series will go i just think that uh everyone should definitely listen in on the next podcast where we're going to be ranking teams 31 to 1 and we're going to be talking about the national women's hockey league and our fantasy league there as well as talking about our nhl Stanley Cup winner predictions and the series that leads to that Stanley Cup winner. So definitely be tuning in to our next series of podcasts. So I think we'll wrap it up there. This is Chris, Sebastian, and Steve. Have a great one, guys. Have a good one. And we will catch you next time.